Welcome to the All Things Nintendo podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. I am currently out on the road yet again, so we'll be skipping the news segment this week, and instead we'll be doing a single segment show. But we've got some games to talk about. First, I have played Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and I will be sharing my hands-on impressions of that game then we'll be getting a review of Sea of Stars, the highly anticipated retro RPG from Sabotage Studio. And then before wrapping up, we will have some brief additional thoughts on Sonic Superstars now that I have played the co-op of that game. Joining me for this episode to do all of that is Game Informer's Kyle Hilliard. Kyle, how's it going? Good. You know, I I beat Sea of Stars and I miss it. You miss it. Okay, well, that's <laughs> a good... It's one uh, of those type of games. That is a good teaser for the second game that we're going to be talking about because i'm excited for that game i have not had a chance to dive into it yet because i've just been on the road so much even though full disclosure i do have a copy of it on switch and i do plan on jumping into it very very soon maybe while i'm on the trip that i am on as people are listening to this episode i'll be playing it but we're going to kick things off with nintendo's main man super mario himself I have played Super Mario Bros. Wander. I attended an event hosted by Nintendo out in New York. And I I came away very impressed by this game. You know, it's pretty easy to be jaded because, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, Kyle, but, like, I enjoy the new Super Mario Bros. games. But, and it's a big but, they all started kind of feeling vanilla. I think they're all very well designed. I think they have a lot of really fun gimmicks, fun power-ups. But it's just, like, it didn't feel different from game to game am i alone in thinking that no 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 i i totally agree the the new the the new games i guess that's what we should call them the new super mario brothers games have always just been like fine for me i mean even the the very first one on ds like i played and i was like yeah this is this is cool this this feels familiar in a way that i think they're going for and then they kind of did that a few more times and i i never finished any of them past that very first one which is oh, wow. which is telling that it's just like yeah they're okay you know I mean wait do you like Mario even I will say I'm not the biggest 2D Mario guy right like I didn't uh, I was busy playing Mega Man X when uh, most other people were playing Super Mario World uh, so I've always you? been more of a 3D Mario guy so it's like you you put the two in front of me I'm always going to go the 3D avenue but uh, that's not to say I don't like 2D Mario. Not at all. I'm very excited for Wonder, and uh, I I want to hear what it was like playing it. I, I'm certainly not jealous. <laughs> so believe it or not, the game controls extremely well. Nice. And, uh, you know, it, it the, this brings like kind of like an ex- a super expressive art style. We've seen it in the trailer. Uh, very interesting power-ups. And uh, there's just like so much of this game that is new is like my big takeaway. And it's new and it's creative. Uh, so we'll just jump right in, basically. There is a new badge system, which I'll talk about in a minute here. There is a new kingdom that you're visiting. It's the Flower Kingdom, which brings with it a bunch of new enemies and new power-ups. And then, uh, Kyle, you remember those flowers that like were talking to Mario in the trailer? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think those are called? Um, fl- fl- flowies. Flowies. Talking flowers. Oh, okay, I was. <laughs> Undertale has a talking flower named Flowey as, as well as. Me. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they're called talking flowers. So that's maybe the least creative part of this game because that was the thing. Like, I came away from this game thinking like this might be the most creative take on the Mario franchise since the Super Nintendo. And I mean, in terms of two D, right? Like hmm. the two D games, they really felt like iterations over the past decade or two. Whereas this actually feels like an evolution of the 2D franchise, even though the core gameplay is very similar to the new Super Mario Brothers franchise. But like where it really comes into play are the Wonder Flowers, which we saw some of that in um, in the trailer where like, you know, uh, Mario grabs the flower and suddenly the pipes are all coming alive and like or he's turned he's like really stretchy all of a sudden so i got to see a lot of those in action so i was really i was really intrigued and impressed by the effects that these wonder flowers can have they can really change the game and they really give you a new challenge i think is the best way to put it like 
it's almost like a bonus area of the stage, but it's within the stage itself. And it's it's really unique in that way. All right. So we'll jump into that as I talk about kind of my hands-on impressions here. But one thing I was also impressed by was this is like the largest roster of playable characters in any 2D Mario game ever. So you have Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy. I think there's three types of Yoshis and three types of Toads. So are the Toads and the Yoshis, do they each play differently or are they just like color palette changes? So all the characters play identically except for Yoshi. Okay. So Mario plays exactly the same as Luigi. Luigi doesn't like jump higher or anything like that. Peach doesn't have her like floaty thing. Um, But the Yoshis, they don't take damage. Like they can get hit over and over again. They don't take damage. Um, And there is, uh, but they don't, they don't, they're not able to get any power ups, right? Okay. So Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy, Toad, they can all get power ups. But Yoshi cannot. And then also, if you're playing co-op, you can ride Yoshi, which as uh, as Nintendo was quick to point out, it's kind of weird to see a Yoshi riding a Yoshi, <laughs> which I did not get to see, unfortunately, because I only played I played Yoshi when I was doing co-op. Um, I was actually doing it with uh, Gerard, a.k.a. the completionist over on uh, YouTube. Really okay. solid guy. Uh, I chose Yoshi because I just wanted to see how different he played. And um, yeah, he does play a little bit different. He does have his little jump that, uh, you know, he kind of like you hold the button and he jumps a little bit higher um, and he can eat enemies, obviously. So that is the other thing. Is um, he like easier? Is that is that kind of like he's yeah. the easiest to play as? Is he the Funky Kong of Mario Brothers Wonder? Yes, but not as easy, right? Because he can okay. still die. Like if he falls in a pit, he dies, but he just doesn't take damage from enemies. Gotcha. And, but like he doesn't get power ups, so I think that also will leave some stuff on the table because as I was playing through, even in this like few levels that I played, there were some times where it's like, oh, you need a power up in order to get to this secret area. Like there's like a warp pipe that we needed this particular power up to drill underneath, and I, I, that was a, an intentional use, drill underneath uh, in order to reach the warp pipe. So gotcha. I think that there are. Like it is an easy mode in a sense, but it's also like to your detriment if you're playing as Yoshi in like certain areas. Right. So maybe you can like get to the end of the level with, you know, with less sort of uh, hurdles, so to speak. Right. Because you could you're not taking damage, but like you can't get all to all the secret areas and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Okay, gotcha. So uh, kicking things off, I see uh, the opening cut scene. It takes place outside of the Mushroom Kingdom. It looks like so Prince Florian is the character it's like a caterpillar guy and he invite it looks like he invites the mushroom kingdom to the flower kingdom for some sort of ceremony so like mario luigi peach daisy they're all there and kyle you'll never guess what happens uh well actually i this peach isn't getting kidnapped right correct so i can't guess i don't know what happened well the the, the, the thing i was kind of leading you to was bowser attacks Oh, okay. Sure, sure. So yeah, you, you, like you, it's kind of neat the way they do yeah, it. Yeah, I feel kind of like... stupid now in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're kind of like having like their little conversation. There's no like full sentences aside from the talking flowers. But like, you know, they're making their noises at each other. And like there's like word bubbles coming a- across the top. And then you see Kamek fly over the top. And then uh, after that, Bowser comes and he steals the wonder flower that Prince Florian has. And it looks like it transforms Bowser into a giant airborne warship. And he just starts oh, weird. Yeah. And he just starts floating over the kingdom and like transforming parts of it. Like you see like the, the so P- Prince Florian basically has his own version of toad. They're called poplins and they have little houses and he trans like, like Bowser transforms their houses into prisons. So they're all trapped inside their houses. And it looks like each of their houses are at the end of the levels. So right. like there's a flagpole. So you get the flagpole, then you, you retransform their house back into a, a house and that, that allows them to exit and everything. So that is kind of the story. And, you know, as you might expect, Mario and his team is like, yeah, we'll help. So that is the that's <laughs> yeah, the premise of the game. We'll do so it. yeah, it's like they they instead of stealing or kidnapping Princess Peach, they steal the Wonder Flower. So it is a nice twist on that formula of like, okay, it's not the damsel in distress trope as we've seen so many times in this franchise, right? Um, so yeah, the the first world is called Pipe Rock Plateau, which 
is where I spent most of my time in the game. And, and Nintendo the, loves starting you on plateaus lately, huh? They do. Um, <laughs> and so the first level is called Welcome to the Flower Kingdom. And before you enter a stage, you can choose a badge to equip to your character. And you, I don't know if you saw the trailer where they have like these purple coins that you're collecting. Right, yeah. So yeah. you can use those to purchase badges. And there are two categories of badges. One is action and one is boost. So action includes stuff like that. So there were uh, five unlocked for each of these categories when I was playing. So this was like a later save, but they put me back in world one to check out some of the, like the earlier stages. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's parachute cap, which you jump and you uh, press one of the buttons and it allows you to kind of glide. Like your hat turns into almost like a a glider, like a hang glider, almost like uh, breath of the wild. Okay. And so that's Fine, one way um, there's wall climb, which allows like you, you can jump and then like, you know, in, instead of doing a wall jump, you can actually jump straight up. So it's like you get kind of like a boosted jump off of a wall and you can do one per time that you jump. So like you can jump, repel upwards, but you can't just like climb a wall infinitely. It's just one jump straight up. Right. And then like you have okay. to ground yourself again before you get to use it again. Uh, there's dolphin kick, which I didn't get to see in person, but it was like an underwater move that you get that allows you to kind of i think like propel forward and maybe maybe it works as an attack as well i didn't really get like a a good sense of that because i didn't play any underwater levels but it is an under underwater move uh there's floating high jump which almost reminds me of like luigi's specialty move in uh, in past 2d mario games where like he kind of gets like that flutter kick that gets lets him go a little bit higher and all the characters can do all of these things yeah you have to equip one of them though you can only equip one bad pick Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. And then there's crouching high jump where you kind of like you crouch down almost like Super Mario Brothers 2. You crouch down and it charges up and you can jump higher. Gotcha. Weird. Okay. Almost so like a almost like, kind of in the 3D. Mode. Yeah. Kind of kind of comparison there. But like, I think like I can see like exact areas they pulled this from, right? Like the parachute cap almost reminds me of Peach's little like floaty thing that you did in Mario 2. Um, the floating high jump reminds me of Luigi's jump in Mario two or like other recent 2d Mario games. And the crouching high jump reminds me of Mario two's like charged jump. Um, so then there's also another category you can do. Those are, those are the action category. Then there's boost category. These are more like passive abilities. There's one that like allows you to get more coins as you play. There's one that's called Auto Super Mushroom that lets you um, just, I guess, start with a mushroom. Uh, There's Add Exclamation Blocks. So that just opens up new paths because there's like extra platforms for you to jump on. Uh, There's Sensor that I didn't use this one, but it looks like it lets you know when there's like something secret nearby. And then there's Safety Bounce where if you fall in lava or you fall in like a, a pit, it lets it bounces you up one time, so like you can save yourself from it. And and you pick these like at the start of every level. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you yeah. you can let it ride from like what you have. Like, say you really love the parachute cap, and you think that's like your favorite. You you don't have to select it. It's almost like in uh, the new Super Mario Brothers game. Like when you're playing co op, it asks you like if you want to. It, it like gives you a second, and if you push a button, you can choose which character if you want to change who you're playing as, or you could just let the loading screen go when you select a level. And it'll just go straight into the level with the one you already had equipped. But yeah, you can change it gotcha. at any time before a level. Okay. That's weird. The, the idea that I would be changing abilities before yeah. the beginning of a Mario level, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mario's always been about like, yeah, you get the abilities in the level. That's how Mario works, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, so that, that's, that's a change. And they are giving you like, and there are certain ones that work better, better with certain levels. Like I said, like the dolphin kick is meant for underwater levels. And then, like, we had one where they were like, oh, yeah, the, the the crouching high jump is really good for this level. You should do this one for that. Like, they were kind of guiding us on which ones they recommended. So it's like, you're not going to have a Nintendo representative like I did when you're playing the game. So you're going to have to experiment a little or maybe look it up online if you want to do that way to, like, I, see which one is the best for the level you're playing. Yeah, I wonder if, like, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to go with the hat. And then, like, you play the level a little bit and you're like, oh, there's, like, a, a secret there that I clearly need this other ability for i guess i'll start the level with that restart the level with that ability is that is that kind of what you'd have to do you think that's what i'm envisioning i mean i didn't get a chance to play any levels two times through so it might 
have to like I don't know maybe there's one and also I was just kind of following the recommendation of the Nintendo person who was guiding me yeah I mean you're just like they're literally there playing it for the first time so yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm playing this first level welcome to the flower kingdom very typical first level and then I come upon the elephant power up which we saw we in the trailer and uh, I was playing as Peach, so I was lucky enough to see Elephant Peach before the uh, the rest of the world. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she, Mario, like they, they all kind of, they seem like they retain their defining characteristics. Like Mario has his hat and his mustache still. Uh, Peach remains pink, very pink. So she is a pink elephant. Oh, um, okay. That's fun. Yeah. So like there is still differentiation. It's not like, okay, now there's just a bunch of, like a gray blob on my screen because we all have elephant power ups and it's like, who is who? It's like, no, elephant Mario looks very distinct from elephant peach. And I like that. And uh, so as an elephant, you have the ability to swing a tusk. So it's almost like a melee attack. But also if you go to somewhere where water is flowing, you can swing your tusk, like you'll, you'll, your tusk will fill up with water and you can swing it and spit out that water. And that stuns enemies. But there's also like these uh, these flower buds that you can rehydrate the flowers. And they'll blossom. And it'll usually open up and give you something secret. Or like give you additional coins or something like that. So that's something you can also like if you carry water with you. And don't like waste it. You can actually sometimes open up new paths. At least in this level that I was playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Also, like, you know, because it's the first level, so they're kind of, like, giving you more power-ups than you probably need. I noticed that the inventory system from Mario World is in this. So, like, you have, like, a, a, a square off to the side, and you can store one item in there. So I had, like, an extra elephant power-up in there. I don't know if it's an apple or what, but I, I you know stored that and if i took a hit i could just press a button and it would automatically pop over to me so that that's that's a nice thing as well yeah and familiar which and then like you know i got the wonder flower and of course like all the pipes come alive it really does like feel chaotic when you get these things these wonder flowers and i think the goal of the wonder flowers from what i can tell is to get the wonder seed so you get the wonder flower, everything starts happening. And like before the effect wears off, you have to find the wonder seed that is hidden within the effect. And that ends up being what, from what I can tell, the main collectible of the game of trying to gather the wonder seeds. And it was, uh, there, there, most levels or a lot of levels have two wonder seeds. Some have three. So you get one for completing the main exit. And I believe you have to get to the top of the flagpole to get the one on the main exit. But if a level has a secret exit, that's another time that you have to get that wonder seed as well. So some of them are going to require you to play multiple times. Mm, okay. um, and you can, I, I would imagine you can tell how many exits are in a level based on how many wonder seeds are. Because there's going to be one for when you get the wonder flower in that level. There's going to be one for getting the main exit. And then there's going to be an additional one for each hidden for a exit, secret exit. From okay. what I can tell anyway. Right, right, um, right. Obviously, I'm. I only have. I only played for about thirty or forty-five minutes, so um, I don't have a clear picture of what this game is. Um, and it seems like they're doing a lot of new stuff. Uh, so the next level I played was called Scram Skedaddlers, and uh, I really like a lot of the level names. And Skedaddlers are just like these little, like almost like weasels that will grab stuff and run off, and you have to chase them in order to catch them. So I saw one where it's like he grabbed like one of the power ups that I hit, and he just like started running as soon as he grabbed it. And then another time I I was running through the level and I saw one and he had the wonder flower. So I had to run and catch him before I, um, before I, he would get away. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was just kind of like a a standard level, but like, you know, there's some fun stuff in there and like the, the wonder flower made it. So like, it was just kind of like the, the pipes were kind of like moving again. Uh, But it's like every single one seems like it's different in terms of like what the wonder flowers do. And this is also around the time that I learned about another mode that there is in this game where you can turn this on or off. There is a persistent online way to play this game. And the way that works is you go into a level and you can see shadows of other players who are playing the level right now. And I believe you can also see shadows of friends who have played levels in the past. And mm, okay, so like you're trials. Going <laughs> they don't they don't affect your world at all. Yeah. 
And but you can leave they can leave cardboard cutouts on the stage or you can leave cardboard cutouts on the stage. And if you're in this persistent level, you can leave one per stage. Right. So you you press down and a button and that like plants a cardboard cutout and you can actually buy additional cardboard cutouts using those purple coins as well um, to like get unique cardboard cutouts like just a cosmetic, it seems. Is it almost like like uh, like a tag? Is that? Yeah. So it can act as an I was like I was here type of situation or like if you reach like a secret level you can like leave like hey i was here too almost like in mario maker where you could leave like little like messages to people um or it can act as a revive point for other players so if you put it like right before a really difficult part if they touch your cardboard cutout it activates it almost like a almost like a kind of a checkpoint but not really because they can choose if they want to revive there and like say like there's like a really difficult part. I leave a cardboard cutout right before there. They touch my cardboard cutout, then they go forward and die. They can choose to reactivate that that uh, revive point, and they can start back up from that point. I uh, see. I like that. There's this sort of trend now. Like I almost kind of point to Death Stranding as like maybe a starting point of like uh, sort of multiplayer interactivity that is like uh, only positive does that make sense like you Mm -hmm. can't really like in death stranding you can only help other people that's your only way to sort of uh interact with other players in the in the game and i feel like that's sort of the vibe i'm getting from this right like there's you can't really use it to troll another player maybe there is some way to do it but like it's there purely to help other people and i like i like that i think that's a good way to approach that kind of thing and i think it sounds cool i agree um, so the level I played with this was bull rush coming through. And these bull rushes uh, are another enemy type where they're like, we saw them in the trailer where like, it was like a stampede happening. If you remember that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And basically like they charge at you and you, you can't defeat them. At least not that I could figure out, but you just have to like lure them into opening areas for you. So like, I was like, Oh, there's a, a thing down here how do I break these bricks? And the answer is like, you have to go forward a little bit and then lure the bull rush to come back towards you and then jump out of the way and it would plow through that. And then like, it would uh, it would allow you to access that area and that you could either access like additional purple coins or like a pipe or something like that to let them open up those things. And same thing for like, I think the Wonderflower was hidden behind it. Maybe I'm wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there was like a ramp that I had to lure the bull rush to like run up and like jump over and like knock it out so I could do that. And then as soon as I got the, the Wonderflower there, the entire stage turned into a bull rush stampede. And I had to ride on the bull rushes through the level. And then like you saw it in the trailer where they destroyed the normal flagpole and then they kept running past the stage. And like, it's just basically like a roller coaster at that point where I'm just along for the ride. And then at the end, I had to jump off and get the flagpole, like the secret exit. And that was how I got that other wonder seed. Okay. Um, so that was like a fun secret ending. Cause you actually, you know, they destroy the, the main flagpole, which is not something you typically see. I mean, every once in a while they play with the idea of the flagpole, which is always fun. Like when they do, um, that one stage in super Mario 3d world where like the flagpole was like running away from you. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I like when they do stuff like that. I think that's a, a fun way to do that. And then uh, another way you can play online is friend online play. And I thought this was just going to be like co-op because that's what they did with Mario 3D World when they brought that from Wii U to Switch. But no, it is. it seems like it's exclusively competitive. Oh, and weird. it's up okay. to four players maximum. And there are challenges that you can do. So I did the wall climb jump batch, uh, wall climb jump badge challenge. That's a little bit of a mouthful there. Now that I'm actually like saying it out loud, um, and what this is is you you both have the wall climb jump equipped, where which if you remember that is like you can jump into a wall instead of jumping off of it, you can jump upwards, and basically you see the other players' shadows, but they don't affect your world at all. They can't interact with you, so they can't like grief you or anything like that. If they defeat an enemy in theirs, there's no crossover in your world. Mm. And the, uh, you know, basically this was just a vertical stage. You have to get to the top as fast as possible. So we played that and, you know, it was me against somebody else in the, in the room. And, uh, you know, it's meant to be online, but we were the only people in the world that were playing. So it had to be somebody (laughs) else in the room. 
Um, but yeah, and you just got that. And that was just a fun little way to compete. But you can also turn any course in the game into a friend race. So that's another way you can play online with friends. I'm sure there's other ways, but like, yeah, the badge challenges seem like they're very designed with the particular badge that you're using in mind. So that, that seems like a fun way to do that. And there's also, as you might imagine, as I've already talked about single system co-op multiplayer where it's up to four players no interactions between characters this time so like if you're playing co-op you you're not going to be worried about like bouncing uh off of the other characters or like accidentally throwing them into lava or whatever like that uh the only you can't can't lift up another player correct so you can ride yoshi but there's no like peach can't pick up mario or anything like that yes that is correct gotcha uh, but yeah, Yoshi is the only one that can interact with other characters in the co-op. So that was really fun. Um, and there's no interactions, like I said, up to four players. And the inventory system that I mentioned earlier actually scales. So if you, uh, you know, if you have three players like we did at the time, there were three inventory boxes. Even though I was playing as Yoshi, I could still gather stuff that would go in the inventory that my teammates could use which was helpful um and then by the way yoshi's face when you eat something very strange in this one he almost looks like he ate something sour which i guess like <laughs> okay i mean what does a goomba taste like anyway so uh, yeah it can't be good right? I, I i think i actually asked tezuka what yoshi's i need to look this up hold on hold on hold on uh can hear brian typing furiously to find out if he's asked what something tastes like i did i asked him um what because i can remember in yoshi's woolly world there were fire and ice melons and uh tezuka said i personally like watermelon i haven't ever pictured a hot or spicy watermelon before uh before fire watermelons but i can imagine it tastes really good and then i asked him uh how does a shy guy that is made of yarn taste different from a regular shy guy? And uh, he said he takes them in his mouth and he creates a yarn ball out of them. So I don't think he's really thinking about the flavor in that moment. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I guess he doesn't really care what they taste like, but yeah, so shy guys uh, probably do those have a responses. When we ask those questions, like about like what things taste like and especially Japanese developers are like, I, I, I don't know. Like why, why do you care? <laughs> like, well, what I really, the, the best reaction I got was when I asked the creator of Splatoon, like physics questions on like how like they are like sinking beneath the surface of like the ink. Right. And he's like, are they swimming like, but like some like realm beneath the sidewalks or are they like stretching to like become one with the ink? Like, how does that even work? And he's, he's just like, wow, you're really putting it to me here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, fire. last thing on the uh, the single system multiplayer is that every character actually has the same badge. So you can't like select distinct badges for all the different characters. So like one time we had like a parachute cap. Another time we had um, like the, the safety bounce where if you fell into a pit, you could bounce up one time to kind of have a, a free save one time. Um, so we played one level that was like in a cave and it had a bunch of like jewels all around it. And this is where we found another new power up called the drill mushroom. And this you kind of just, yeah, you could drill down under under the ground and then kind of like burrow for a little bit and then pop up. And whether you're drilling down or popping up, you will hurt any enemy that you you come in contact with. But also like in the case of that I hinted at earlier, like I had to drill underneath a like a, a low wall in order to get to a warp pipe. So it's like you actually needed the power up in that case. But also there's a bunch of jewels that are like in your way and the drill mushroom is really handy with destroying those. So you can like reach secret areas or in some cases just continue to survive. When we reached the wonder flower on this stage, it was like a giant, like almost like a thwomp type enemy, but like it was like a wider, like almost like crusher. It started like coming from the ceiling and like crashing down and we had to kind of drill downwards as fast as we could through these different jewels. So that was kind of a fun, fun area. Um, there was another level called mall mall mouthful and mall malls are like these big mouthed enemies that can swallow characters and enemies and items. So like if you get a, 
an item out of a brick or a block and the mall malls there, they will actually eat it and you just lose that power up. But um, they, they'll also eat Goombas. Like there were Goombas walking and they will actually come up and eat the Goomba. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is where we learned about bubble flowers, which is another power up. And this allows you to kind of throw a bubble outwards and like it can stun enemies, but you can also jump off the bubbles and reach new platforms, which is helpful. So I'm assuming that'll be helpful in like reaching um, like secret areas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the wonder flower in this was cool because it turned us all into Goombas and we had to sneak past the Mamas who were trying to eat us. Like we had to like hide behind bushes and stuff like that. So it actually created a stealth sequence for us where we had to like get past the Mamas. You can't jump as a Goomba. So you're just kind of like walking and uh, we had to reach these platforms. And then once we got to the top of these moving platforms, we had to, we could get the wonder seed there and turn us back into normal. So that, gotcha. that was a cool level, uh, very creative. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. And then the final stage that we played was called Bloomps of the Desert Skies. <laughs> and uh, Of course, all right. Bloomps are like these balloon creatures. They almost act like bullet bills where like they come out of like these like inflated inflation uh, nozzles almost. And like they're like balloons and they just spit out at you whichever direction you're going, but you jump on them and they pop. So there's ways you can use them to get to higher areas. Um, and the Wonder Flower in this stage, it uh, it turns us all into balloons, basically. And we started floating upwards. This is a big explorable area. And we floated upwards and we could um, uh, kind of reaching higher and higher, getting a bunch of purple coins and everything. But like, you know, ultimately the goal is to reach the, the Wonder Seed. And... I think the the skedaddlers stage was another example of this where it made stars just be everywhere like the the superstars and that allows you to kind of uh like keep your timer higher for like how long you have to complete that wonder flower sequence. So as long as you keep collecting them that will keep adding to the timer. And you can also pass them back and forth. So if you're running into co-op partners, when you have a star and they don't, that will trade off the the star to both of you at that point. So, yeah, it was just like there's such creativity at play with this game. And there's so many new systems in place. And I'm I'm really excited to play more of it. Like, I, I really think that this is a true evolution of 2D Mario. And I I'm really excited to play it. I mean, we're less than two months out from it at this point. So. I I was impressed with what I saw, and I I think it's going to be a really awesome next step for the 2D Mario franchise. I'm also disappointed that we didn't get a new 3D Mario. Like Mario Odyssey is maybe my second favorite Mario game of all time, behind Super Mario World. But like, so I you know I'm I'm thrilled if we ever get like a Mario Odyssey two. But I also am super excited for Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and that comes out October twentieth. Kyle, how does all of this sound to you? I mean, it sounds fantastic. Is does it get weird? Does it, well, oh, like, it gets that's what weird. I want from it. Is like after that first trailer, it's like I want a weird two D Mario. It's very know? weird. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah, it's very weird, very creative. I am most excited to see like what weird stuff they do with like the Wonder Flowers and like the different abilities that they give you, or the different like almost like psychedelic trips that they give you it's like the best way to put it it really does feel like it's playing off that like you know everybody's like oh mario eats mushrooms and he starts like seeing things he thinks he's big and all this stuff it's like yeah it almost plays off that like joke that people made like 30 years ago it also sounds like there's like new enemies and and stuff, oh, yeah. which is like which is I I feel like the last 2D Mario I mean the last new Super Mario Brothers I guess Wii U like I feel like even up to then they weren't really adding new enemies or at least not many so it's like it's nice to hear that they're uh get like willing to kind of do some more weird things with it. just be weird Nintendo just go for it you know I mean, I think so. I, I think that that is what they're doing. And like, you know, there are some Goombas, there are some Koopa Troopas, but like, I'd say the majority of the enemies are all new. And that's Perfect. really exciting, right? And a lot of the power-ups seem like they're all new. I think there, I, I encountered some Fire Flowers and I think I encountered some Super Mushrooms and obviously the Superstar that I talked about. 
but a lot of the power-ups, I would say most of the power-ups that I saw anyway, were new. And that's mm-hmm. really exciting as well. So that comes out October 20th. I cannot wait to play more of this game. But Kyle, there's a game that you've been playing that I cannot wait to play any of it. Because I, from the moment I learned about this game back in 2020, I was all in. So it's Sea of Stars. You have played it to completion. You've reviewed it for us. Gameinformer.com if you want to read the full review. Tell me about this game, Kyle. What, what What's the, the core premise here? Uh, the core premise, and not to be like simplify it too much or sound dismissive, is like if you like Chrono Trigger, if you have any fondness for Chrono Trigger, like you play Sea of Stars. Like Sea of Stars is like the 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 sort of uh, not modern evolution isn't the right phrasing, like because it's like it doesn't feel like a modern game in the right ways. Um, like it feels like an old school sixteen bit RPG where it counts. And then, like, the more subtle ways are, are, is where it feels contemporary. Like, you don't have to farm experience. The pace of the game is really good. You know, there's, like, it, it feels good to control the characters on the map. Like, those kind of things feel modern and good. And, like, the result is just this really great throwback RPG that I just ended up really loving. Like, I'm kind of a sucker for this era of RPG specifically. Like, this is, like, that 16-bit Earthbound Chrono Trigger, and then if you kind of move over to the Game Boy Advance, you could throw in Golden Sun in there. Mm-hmm. Like, those are some of my favorite RPGs, like, period. Like, not, you know what I mean? I don't mean, like, like for that era or when I was young. I mean, like, I will take a Chrono Trigger over a Skyrim, personally, right? Wow. Like, that, it's just, like, it, it's certainly a nostalgic thing. I just like those kinds of games. So... I was kind of a mark for Sea of Stars, but like it's just so well done and well executed. Like all the sort of bullet points that you go down, it's like the visuals look great. Uh, the turn-based combat I really like because it has like timed button pressing and it also encourages you to experiment and like try different things. Like you're not always just doing the standard attack and hoping for the best. Like you're you're sort of well rewarded for like using all your special abilities and all your special attacks and using all your combo attacks and stuff like that. And then uh, I I thought the story was interesting and engaging and fun. I like the characters. Um, it it all just like came together as like like clearly you know sabotage over there and we spoke to them. The uh, the cover Sea of Stars was on the cover as part of our indie issue. So like I talked to uh them a lot about sort of the games that inspired them. Uh, inspired them and i mean there's there's no question that like chrono trigger specifically they said chrono trigger and like super mario rpg were the big inspirations for them what are the odds that they would put this out when super mario rpg is getting a remake i know i kind of want to talk to them about it and just see what they think i mean i'm sure they're very excited but also kind of like surprised it's like what really that's (laughs) i mean like they i'm i'm sure they really want to play it and uh it 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 will be interesting to have played this and then play mario rpg later this year because i think i'm just you're gonna kind of compare them or at least i am because they sort of feel like similar in a way or maybe they will i don't know we'll see with super mario rpg like maybe revisiting that game will will make it feel very different but i mean like all that is to say like sea of stars is just fantastic and even to the point where like if you're not a mark like me for 16-bit era rpgs like i think this is a great game on its own and like is a like you could play it and enjoy it as it is and it would also be the sort of like a history lesson of like, Oh, I understand why these games were so appealing. Even if I never really played Chrono Trigger or maybe I'm younger and I just like missed that generation of RPGs. Like it's a great sort of entry point for that style of RPG. And it just like, it's the kind of game I think I I said as much in my review and is like, I didn't want it to end, you know, like I did everything. Like I went and like, I beat the game and I wrote my review and gave it a score and everything and gave it to you to edit. Uh, And then like, I picked the game back up and played it a bunch more. I probably put like another 10 hours into it or something like that. Which just is like rare doing... for review games. Yeah, absolutely. Like usually, and even like review games you love, it's just like often you're like, okay, well, I, I got that done. I'm ready to move on. And I mean, there's like a bunch of really cool games on my hard drive right now, you know, but like I couldn't, I just was like, you know, what? I'm going to pick up my Steam Deck and I'm just going to keep playing Sea of Stars. And I almost got 100%. There's actually like one 
sort of secret at the very end that I couldn't quite figure out on my own. So I'm, I'm going to have to wait for the, the internet to help me out, which maybe <laughs> they've figured it out by this time, because when you're listening to this, the game will have been out for like four, three or four days or something like that. But um, yeah, just a, like a high recommendation. Sea of Stars, really great if you like RPGs, even better if you have an appreciation for that 16-bit era of RPGs like Chrono Trigger. Like, it just it really all came together in a really lovely way that I just was I really enjoyed and didn't want didn't want it to end. It makes me so happy that you're talking about like how you don't just have to like hit the basic attack and hope for the best because I feel like so many turn-based RPGs turn out that way where it's like you have to just you're just like all right I'm I feel like I'm just pressing the A button or whatever button it is to confirm over and over again to get through this menu and just continually pull off the same attack. So that makes me happy to hear that there's a little bit more intricacy in the combat system. Yeah, and then all the special abilities have different timing with their like timed button press rewards and stuff like that. So you're you're kind of always on your toes. And like but then you still have, you know, those weaker enemies that you encounter and especially if you go back to old areas like later in the game, like you can still rip through those very quickly. It's not like you're required to like, you know, lean on all your special attacks that like take a long time and everything like that, but it's just nice to just have this consistency of like, okay, every, every encounter, every encounter just feels really thought out, you know, like even like the little minor ones that you just like, Oh, I ran into this group of enemies while I was walking through the forest trying to solve this puzzle. Like it all just feels like everything has been sort of considered and thought about in a way that makes it like fun and fast. It's just, it's just all really good. That's so good to hear because it had so much potential when I first learned of this game. And you know, I, I liked The Messenger, which was the studio's first game. And I do think it kind of fell short once it moved into the Metroidvania style. Like it started off as a 2D action, like Ninja Gaiden style game, and then slowly turned into a Metroidvania. And I think that's when it kind of lost a lot of its steam, but it was still a good game, right? Yeah. This I saw and I was like, okay, I think this seems like they've kind of found their footing. And from what you're telling me, they, they absolutely did. Yeah, it, it's it's great. Yeah. And the, it does take place in the same world as the messenger, the same mm-hmm. universe. Like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't even know if it's like hundreds or thousands or millions, maybe, but it takes place well before the messenger. But it's like it's not like something where like, oh, you, you need to play the messenger before you play Sea of Stars. It's more one of those things like if you happen to play have played the messenger and then you play Sea of Stars, you'll see some fun little like, you know, nods and stuff like that. OK, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's absolutely a, an RPG people should check out. It is available on Switch, which is something that is uh, very appeasing to me because are appealing to me because I this is the game that I want to play when like I'm on a plane or all the travel that I'm doing so like yeah this is definitely one that I'm going to be playing on my switch and it, it the art style lends itself so well to that audience like you know whenever a metroidvania comes out I'm just like that should absolutely be on the switch because <laughs> look at it yeah. This seems like the same way for that because so many of us played Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy Six. Is let's be real, it's Final Fantasy Six, not Final Fantasy Three. Is what that's what it was originally called, right? It was. I think we've all it's six now, right? We've all it is six. sort of like decided to call it six. We don't. We, no one calls it three. We have played that on our Super Nintendos, and we have some of these. So many of these retro sixteen-bit RPGs are just inextricably linked to Nintendo. And that's just how it is. And Sea of Stars seems like it's a perfect addition to that, especially since, you know, a lot of those RPGs are now on Switch as well, the classic ones. So I I can't wait to get started on this game. Is there anything else we need to know about this game before we move on to the final title that we're going to be talking about? Uh, no, I it's, it's on PS4, you know, PS5, Xbox, and PC and Switch. I played it on Steam Deck almost exclusively. Um, you got the switch switch experience essentially basically yeah it's like oh this is like playing it on switch if the if it was my hand was a little more weighed down is basically (laughs) (laughs) if somebody was putting weight on your hand as you were playing exactly yeah but uh, yeah it's great play it wherever you can awesome well that is out now as you were listening to this and kyle you gave it a nine out of ten very good score i did yeah big score All right. Well, the final game that I want to talk about briefly, because we've talked about this game quite a bit, 
Sonic Superstars, we, we, we intentionally split up the uh, the 2D platformers that are coming out a week or in the same week as each other. I know they, they cannot avoid comparison. It's just that's just how it's going to be, you know, especially since so many of the elements that we're going to talk about with Sonic Superstars, we already talked about with Super Mario Wonder. Um, I played a new zone. It's called Cyber Station Zone. We'll be talking about that uh, in a bit here. But the primary thing that I got out of Sonic Superstars this time around uh, was how how the co-op works. <laughs> and so uh, this may sound familiar, but there are no interactions between the characters aside from one of them. Uh, Tails can pick characters up and fly with them. So I guess that's the only way you can really grief another character. Same way with Yoshi, you know, where you can interact with other characters that way. And I guess you could jump off a cliff with them if you wanted to, but they could also jump off and do the, the traditional Yoshi thing. But no interactions between there. And similar to Super Mario Brothers Wonder, the camera will follow one particular character. So in Mario Wonder, the character who the camera is following will be denoted with a crown. In Sonic, it's just whichever character is making forward progress towards the goal, which is a good and a bad thing I found. Like, it's a good thing because like in that's a good rule of thumb, right? Where it's like, okay, this character is make is moving in the right direction. Therefore, the camera should follow them. But some of these levels are very much geared towards exploration. So I worry about that where it's like, cause it's like, if you're, if you fall behind or if you go off screen, you'll just kind of zap over to wherever the leader is. Um, rings are not a shared resource in Sonic superstars. So like if I have 50 rings and you have zero rings, Kyle, you can still die. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be thriving and you could be like kind of clinging on to survival. And if you die, you do come back as long as what at least one character is still alive. It can go up to four player co-op. So as long as one character is still alive, they will come back. The big exception there is during boss battles. So in a boss battle, if you die, you just don't come back until the end of the boss battle. And that is to prevent oh, okay. players from like kind of cheesing the boss battles. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that also kind of leads to what I think will probably be some pretty uh, tense moments where it's like, all right, I'm playing four player co-op with my friends that are just sitting on the couch with me and they are like cheering me on because they all died, but I'm still fighting the boss. And I think that that could lead to some cool moments where it's like, you're rooting for your friend to, to kind of overcome the odds. So I played in cyber station zone, which was the only new zone that I had not already checked out in this, this game. And it's like a very futuristic kind of neon colored area and um there are different there's a bunch of gimmicks in this one so there's ones where like you run through these beams and all the characters turn like almost like voxel art and oh, really? they're oh, that's cool very pixelated versions of the characters and then other beams they'll turn into like like voxel versions of animals like you know not anthropomorphized animals like they already are but like actual like animal animals so like on one we've seen it in the trailer they turn to like these squid like creatures that can swim through the level and another one, I turned into a mouse that like you could climb up certain areas or like, you know, just kind of explore these different areas, fit underneath like low ledges and everything. And there's another one where you go into like these pipes and it's almost like a branching pipe network where you have to, you, you have to look ahead and see where the enemies were and choose the right path to make it up to the top. Um, so that, that was fun. Like the, each stage seems to have some sort of gimmick. And this one seems like it had the most gimmicks out of all the levels that I've played. And I think this is going to be a later stage because I've already played through the first half of this game and I saw what the next stage was called and it was not this one. So I think this is probably uh, at least zone eight or later of what Nintendo ha or the Nintendo direct Sega said that it were 12 zones. So it's eight or later of 12. So that, uh, I mean, that seems to check out based on the stuff that they're they're doing with the stage. It seems like it's one of those that it's only one act. So I, um, I played through it and then I got to the boss battle and it's a, a chase with this silver robot. It's like a, a little tiny like guy, the same size as Sonic and, and his friends. You just attack him. He's doing like attacks. You have to avoid him. It almost reminds me of like a Metal Sonic sequence from the earlier games. But then he clones himself and everybody else kind of drops back. And uh, it's like a giant version of him is chasing you and you're running. And the clones come out one by one and you have to stun them. 
And then the goal is once they're stunned, you knock them back into the giant version and that's how you damage him. So it's a pretty difficult battle from what I could tell. And, uh, you know, my co-op partner and I, we did beat it. So it was fun. It was, it was intense. And, uh, I it definitely did give that feeling of like, okay, everybody is dead except the one person. If we, if, if they lose, we're gonna have to start this boss battle over. So we're all rooting for that person. So yeah, I I'm looking forward to Sonic superstars. It's still very much on my radar, even though they announced the release date is October 17th, literally days before super Mario brothers wonder and Spider-Man two come out. So I, I don't know how we're going to manage that. I, I mean, I guess it's to their advantage that's coming out a few days before those games. But like, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are looking at this like, I'll just play those other two games, even though I, I think Sonic Superstars is going to be rad. Yeah, it's 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 walking into a battle for sure. It is. It's going to be a very I mean, even Alan Wake 2 knew to just get out of that that window. It was like, yeah, we're going to delay by 10 days because we don't want to be in that week. Yeah, no, good call. So, uh, yeah, that is the episode, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do me a favor. If you haven't already, throw all things Nintendo a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. If you want to get any questions or comments in, you can get in touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on Twitter, Blue Sky, or Threads. One of them is sure to come out as the, the winner, right? Or Instagram, <laughs> at Brian Pichet. Uh, you can also join the Game Informer Community Discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month. Kyle, tell people something. Uh, yeah, social media. I'm mostly using Blue Sky. Kyle Hilliard on Blue Sky. Uh, that's where I put thoughts. There will be thoughts online from us. So, Kyle, that's our show for this week. Thank you, everyone, again for listening. Take care. We'll see you next time.